Welcome to the Irish NFL podcast, bringing you again a uniquely Irish perspective on all things NFL. You can find us on Twitter at IrishNFLPod. And as always, we bring to you this week by three rabid NFL fans. Brian, the delusional Giants fan. Good afternoon, Mark. Hey, Brian. Gordon, the hopeful Steelers fan with a soft spot for the Browns. You're never going to leave that down, are you? No. <laughs> and myself, Mark, the quite content, I would say, Patriots fan. Gents, hello, good week, all good? Yeah, not too bad, all good. Not too bad, nice break from work to be in here with you guys, you know, can't complain. Well, you could, but we won't let you. So, uh, last week we touched on our 2016 season review, and with us trying to slowly steer our listeners away from 2016 and looking forward to 2017, today's show is going to be all about the draft and particularly free agency and trades to date, how teams are rebuilding in the, the new world order for the 2017 season. Gordo, you kick us off. Give us your top two or three free agency deals to date. Um, for me, again, kind of three big ones that kind of stood out for me were Legarrette Blunt, um, Pats straight to the Eagles, Deshaun Jackson heading to Tampa Bay, and then Jerry Macklin, which was the I think the story of the off season at one point, just due to how it happened, uh, heading to the Ravens. So I think um, out of the three of them, I think the Blunt deal is. It's a huge win for the Eagles. I don't know, like you know, as a Pats fan, you've seen the productivity he's had over the last two to three years, and he's now joining an Eagles team with a, a good quarterback to start well, look, from. I mean, you say as a Pats fan, as a Steelers fan, I, I I'm sure you know uh, that Blunt's just gone to the Eagles for a year to come back for even cheaper value <laughs> and more production for the Pats. Um, well, that that was the other thing is it's a one year contract, um, and I think this is the downfall of when you play for the Patriots, it devalues you no matter what position, because I think the figures I saw was 1.25 million is what he's making yeah. for one year, which when you look at what he's done over the years, like 18 touchdowns last year, uh, over a thousand yards um, rushing, like that's a well, that's look, a premium running back. I, I wouldn't necessarily call Blunt ever a premium running back. Look, as a Pats fan, Gillisley and Burkhead mm. have replaced him. I White obviously is the receiving back. I think it's doable. First half of last season, he was fantastic. Won us, I would say, the Texans game. Won a few of the Garoppolo slash uh, Jacoby Brissett games. But he did slow down in the Super Bowl. He did nothing. He's a great goal... Sc- sorry, he's a great touchdown scoring back, but actually he's a terrible short yardage back. So I'm not as sold on it. I know you're a big fan of it. Um, I know... Brian, I mean, there's been a few running backs that have gone pretty cheap, I and mean, Blunt's a prime example, but there's been others. I think there's other attributes to Blunt's game, such as the experience he's going to bring into the team. I mean, there'll be young quarterback Carson Wentz um, to come on from his first year, and um, they haven't really had a standing running back since uh, Murray left recently. McCoy, sorry. McCoy, yeah. yeah. Yes. McCoy left. So um, I suppose they're bringing him in. As I said, it's a reasonable deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He'll bring experience to the team. They've also brought in wide receivers to help win. So I think it's more a case of trying to build the offense up yeah. more so than expecting Blunt well, to be a... Well, he, become, he becomes the, the primary running uh, running back for the Eagles. First and second down, yeah. that's the way he's doing. But he's one of my picks. Um, the other big one for me is Deshaun Jackson. I think that was a great pickup by Tampa Bay. Uh, there's a bit of a trend here. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd for the money that they make. Uh, a bit jealous, obviously. But uh, he signed a three-year, $33.5 million deal. Um Kind of the industry average for a wide receiver, 12.5 million he's going to make this year. But the biggest thing for me is the team he's joining and the depth chart that they have. So you look at their offense, Mike Evans, Chris Goodwin is who he's joining at the wide receiver roles. 
Uh, they've just drafted OJ Howard, who you're going to talk about in a while. Yeah. Um, again, inexperienced tight end, but a position that they've kind of tried to beef up. And then Doug Martin, who again is one of the, the main running backs He's in the league. one of the underrated running backs in the league, I think. He's Completely Martin's agree. great player. And then Jameis Winston, you know, this whole battle of who's going to end up being better, him or Marcus Mariota. So I think he's joined a team where for what he produces in terms of speed and his route running as well, I think he's a great addition to the team. So that was my, my second I'm, bit I'm not sold on that one, to be honest. I think he was very inconsistent for the Redskins. Is, is, is it hard to be is, but it's hard to be consistent with the Redskins is it not you know you don't even have a consistent quarterback so I think yeah. I just think he, bring, he also brings a bit of trouble to the team well that was in Washington um, bitter Giants fan talking no I'm there. just saying um, but he, was in he, he produces 1,000 yard running uh, receiving, receiving seasons so I, I, I'm leaning more with Golden on this one I, yeah. I think Jackson he's explosive he proved it in Eagles he proved it with the Redskins I think especially alongside Mike Evans. Mike Evans will draw double coverage time after time and yep. Jackson will have single coverage. And he stays healthy. Uh, he does. Over yeah. his yep. career, he has been a healthy wide receiver. So that was my second one. And the third one was Jeremy Macklin. And you got to feel sorry for the man to find out that you've been cut through voicemail. Bizarre. It's Bizarre. just like... And, and, and what made matters worse is he was released on the Friday but couldn't start searching until the Monday due to free agency. So he kind of had this gap, and it was just the way it was done. I think the Chiefs left them, uh, let themselves down, but he's kind of gone to a position. He's gone to the Ravens. Joe Flacco is your quarterback, who's going to throw bombs, and they've got Jerry Macklin, who claimed this week on Adam Scheffner that the reason for his kind of, I suppose, last season's poor numbers was he played with a torn groin, um, wasn't listed on the injury list. He just played through it. Uh, about five, five that's weeks that's a fine from Roger that's a fine from Roger but it's five weeks that he played injured and that's why so he still thinks he's a he's a top wide receiver so that's another one I think uh, will be a really interesting one well, with the Ravens you, you touch on this I think that whole scenario around the Chiefs letting him go was bizarre I mean the Chiefs are trying to become a contender they've not really touched on the door they had a great 2014 victory against the Patriots where they obliterated the Pats in Arrowhead 41-14 and since then They've not really built on the planet properly. You're letting go, even if you don't believe he's a number one, he's definitely a very solid number two or number three. And like you say, the circumstances were bizarre. The timing as well. The timing. Yeah. And, and obviously John Dorsey, who was the GM, then got canned by Kansas City uh, at the same time Andy Reid's getting a new uh, deal. So Within days of each other. It was, yeah. 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 It's, it's a bizarre set of circumstances. Um, I, it's, it's funny, I suppose we talked about, you just talked about Sean... Deshaun Jackson, and then we're talking about uh, Macklin. Two teams who changed GMs during the year. And Washington's was equally bizarre just before the draft. And then Buffalo let go of Doc Whaley just after the draft. You know, really random times. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's I, a good pickup for the Ravens. Yeah, I, agree. I, I think Washington's one is to be careful here as well. Their GM loss was probably circumstances outside of their control. I think... If well, that's the, true. So with, I think, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think saga it, with the Kirk Cousins contract. Yeah. No, oh, well, it's no. other um, substances allegedly. Oh, yeah, okay. allegedly. So just ruined the season for them. But anyway, always add allegedly <laughs> is the key thing. They're my three picks. So good stuff, Brian. What about yourself? Yeah. Okay. So my first one would be Martellius Martellius Bennett leaving the Patriots and going to the Packers. Um, I think the momentum really for this move was more so to be a number one tight end. So I'll be he was number one tight end for quite a bit of the season once Gronk went down. I think his goals when he went to the Patriots was really to win a Super Bowl. And Check. now that he's done that, um, 
I think he's you know he's had an opportunity. That's why everyone comes to the Patriots, baby. Yeah, I, I, that on. yeah <laughs> I think becoming number one played a part, but I also think Bennett is definitely driven by the money. I think he he wanted market value and he got it. He got a twenty one million contract, uh, and he's moving to a win now team. And again, the biggest thing with these guys that are moving is look at the depth chart at the Packers. Like they've got all star players in their offense. Like yeah. they're a win now team, and I, and I think that's what he kind of said. I've come from the Bears where I couldn't win a championship, went to the Pats, won one my first year. Well, where can I go next that is ready to win one? And Green Bay was the obvious solution. It's uh, It reminded me, from a Pats fan perspective, very much like Wes Welker. Wes Welker didn't accept the deal was on the table. Pats went out first day of free agency and picked up uh, Danny Amendola on a five-year deal. They did the same this year with the, Cooks, uh, sorry, with the Gilmore-Butler saga and the same at tight end. With Jared Allen coming in with, from the Coats. With Dwight Allen coming in from the Coats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you look at Martellus Bennett, the quarterback, he's played with, you know, originally he was with the Cowboys, played with Romo, but he was second choice behind Witten. Yeah. Then he moved on to the Giants, played with Eli Manning. Um, they couldn't come to the rim on um, a compromised pairs <coughs> with salary. He then went on to the Bears, got well paid by the Bears and was a stand player for two years. But as Gordon's alluded to, the Bears were, were going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. so he yeah. got an opportunity to go to the Patriots so I mean he's moved around and he's played on the great quarterbacks and he's probably looking now we have got an opportunity to play with Rodgers he's got yeah. so a I mean, set of standout probably top five quarterbacks in the league and when he played with, with Cutler with, with the Bears he was playing with Cutler and he's one of the few people that has nice things to say about Jay Cutler and his attention his to detail so very good on the you know, court, excluding court. Eli Manning he's played with some decent quarterbacks yeah no no <laughs> two rings <laughs> um, my next one then we'll move on Next one is Brandon Marshall, who's gone from the Jets to the Giants, which I think is an absolute brilliant sign from a Giants fan's perspective. More so, really, if you look at the, uh, the wide receivers in which we have at the moment, OBJ, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. um, obviously he's a fantastic player, but um, he lets the mind games get to him at times, and especially during the playoffs in that particular game in Lambeau, he just wasn't up, he wasn't up to the, the opportunity to play in the playoffs a lot. Well, I mean, I just, I'm just going to change on this. From a pure production point of view, Marshall, brilliant red zone threat, very good, solid receiver. But his head, I mean, he's had notable issues, again, from mental health uh, concerns when he was with the Dolphins, when he was with the Broncos. I mean, is he going to be able to handle the giant spotlight and the, the focus there? I th- but I think the fact that he's been in New York for a couple of years now, he's used to the spotlight. He's most, one of the most productive wide receivers in the NFL for the past 10 seasons. Eight thousand. Take, take take away last season though, um, and I think that was the that's another reason why he wanted to get to a team like the Giants because I think he realized when you got a quarterback that's on form, which to be fair to Eli Manning, he's a consistent quarterback. Um, last season he only had three touchdowns, seven hundred eighty-eight yards, but then the year before he had fifteen hundred yards and yeah. fourteen touchdowns. So he saw a drastic change because again, obviously the quarterback last year situation, New York Giants or New York Jets, was all over the shop. But like you said. He's at 8,000 yards uh, most, receiving. He's the most season, productive so. wide receiver in the, in the NFL for the past 10 seasons. Yeah. You can't argue with those stats. No, no. I, no I, as I say, I think he's a great pickup. I'm just wondering how much has he got left in the tank and how much desire is there and whether his head can be in the game. And well, whether, I, I, I don't... don't the Giants, I still think it's a good pickup. Don't get and me whether, wrong. And whether or not he can sure. fit training in around his media. You know, you know, he likes to be on TV a lot these days. And that, that's he does, yeah. He does. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's paired with a good diva wide receiver there in New York. But I think he purpose. will help. He will help the wide receivers there. His we'll experience see. off the field. Um, I think it's a great opportunity with the Giants. Okay. Who else you got? Um, okay, so my final one there is on the defensive side, and we're moving over to the Jaguars. So AJ Boy is coming from the Texans, cornerback. 
He's one of the top five cover corners in the league. Um, he was standout cornerback in the playoffs for the Texans last year. He had interceptions in both games. He did, he'd have yeah. To get one, a very against good, Brady. one against Brady. He's have to get a very good uh, contract with the Jags. It's something in the region of $67 million over five years. But he's got an opportunity to play with Jalen Ramsey on the other side. He's probably one of the best top five young cornerbacks. And I just think that's where the Jags are going. He just touched on some of the other signs that came in. It's part of free agency. Canelius Campbell from the Cards, Barry Church from the Cowboys, and Audie Cole, a linebacker from the Vikings. So I think Coughlin's come in there, he's had a look at it, he thinks that we can build a defence to at least compete within the division. But he's a standout cornerback. He's probably the second best cornerback in the league that was available behind Gilmore, who's gone to the Patriots. So I just felt that was one that we were worth do you, looking do you, at. For me, now again, I don't claim to know as much about defence. You two guys, you are much more up to date with it, but it feels like they overpaid, um, in my opinion. Mm. As in five years, 67.5 million. And then compared to market value, it's about 10 million more than what most other cornerbacks are getting. And I understand what you're saying, but when you look back at his numbers, for me, they're not as amazing as people make them out to be. Because again, he doesn't have as much to work from. But I'm just kind of wondering, is the playoff scenario that he's produced in the offseason, has that sold it for teams? I, I think on the payment, I think the Patriots overpaid on Gilmore as well. And Gilmore was a bigger overpaid than Boye. So yeah. actually, in fairness, not gonna affect him. if you compare it in this free agency period, I, I don't think he's bad value. But I agree, he hasn't jumped off the page. And the biggest question for me with Boye is, he's been producing reasonable numbers behind a really dominant front four. Yeah. You know, you've got J.J. Watt, J- Jadivian, Jadivian Clowney pulling pressure, and that's not including Merciless, pulling pressure on the quarterback. That's always going to help the secondary. And is he overrated and the Jags have overpaid? The Jags have overpaid in the past. Is this finally the year that they get free agency right and really do revolutionize? They weren't a bad defense, don't get me wrong, but you have noted a few additions there. Maybe that's an underrated aspect of the offseason so far that that could take a leap on. Um, it's funny because you'll mention about the people that have gone to the Jags and that could be underrated. A story that I think is going under the radar at the moment is people have left the Cowboys. You mentioned Barry Church as one. They've actually lost a lot of people in the secondary there. And whilst everyone wants to say, oh, they went 13-3 and last year, they're going to kick on, that defense could fall apart a little bit, particularly on the back end. So that, well, that might they, be something interesting to watch. They really, I suppose, they looked at replacing those defensive players within the draft. They brought in three quarterbacks of safety and a defensive tackle. Yeah. But there are no key additions within free agents. But rookies. We'll rookies. have to, we'll so have to see. Yeah. So I'm going to take you through a couple of others. I mean, we mentioned Gilmore. Um, as you talked about two people leaving the Pats, I have to talk about someone who actually joined the Pats. And it's, but it's not Gilmore. It's actually Brandon Cooks. So strictly a trade rather than f- pure free agency pickup. The Patriots finally invested some draft capital to help out Brady, some people would say. Straight number one pick. He's a dynamite wide receiver. We gave up the first round pick for him. Didn't end up losing Malcolm Butler. And I just think it's a fantastic pickup for the Patriots. Cooks will play drag routes, uh, turn on the speed, and turn five-yard gains that Edelman or Amadota would get into 30-yarders. Uh, so I'm very, very excited. Can, He's under cash disagree. control. Yeah, can't disagree on that. I think it's a, it's a very sensible and a different turn attack for... Belichick, which, yeah, was, which mean, is interesting to see. He's given up price control for four years for effectively two reasonably cheap years of a, a number one wide receiver. Mm. Could is, they that, get, is that point towards Belichick knowing he's only got a couple of years left and the well, opportunity yeah. is there to win more Super Bowls? So. Just before we came on, we were talking if the Patriots won a sixth ring this year, would Brady and Belichick walk off into the sunset? And I happen to think they would. I think, they, you know, what more... 
So to win the old trade. Alexander the Great cried tears of salt at 26 because he had no more worlds to conquer. So um, I can't wait for more of those. Yeah, exactly. The season. <laughs> Your history lesson for today. Um, number two for me then. Uh, you can't talk about the 2017 offseason without mentioning one name. It isn't Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Um, this for me was a superstar of a trade from the Browns. Do I rate the player? Not particularly, even though obviously he showed great things in Denver originally. Do I rate his release and his timing? Not at all. But however, using cash to buy a second round pick, this is Moneyball. This is NBA trades coming to the NFL. It may never happen again, but for me, it was brilliant. It was brilliant I, by the Browns, and I love it. I, I think, I suppose, listeners get a bit of context into it. So, yeah, essentially, they bought a second-round pick. So what the Browns took was they took the remainder of Brock Osweiler's contract, and they got um, and they gave away a six-round pick in 2017 and a second-round pick in 2018. And they took... They got back the second-round yeah. pick in 2018. And, I, you know, you bought a second-round pick. And for again, they had the cap space. I think they had a hundred million. Oh, they so, huge cap space. So it's the so perfect it, opportunity. It meant nothing for them. And again, it it shows when you've got Sashi and the guys that are in the front office of the Browns running them, coming from uh, a baseball background. It's very interesting to see them do it. Um, but I think me and Brian both kind of think he's not a great player, but it looks like he's going to be the starter for the Browns this year. So I I can't see under. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the yeah. Browns. I actually think he will do well. I think he won't be under as much pressure as he was going into Houston with the big contract. I mean, he was under pressure in Denver with Peyton Manning sitting in the background all be injured. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the end, Peyton Manning came back in for the playoffs that year. Um, he's gone on a big contract to the Texans. He's got to the playoffs. In fact, even that particular game against the Patriots in Foxbury, like, they had a number of opportunities to score. Like, the Patriots went on their game that night. They won comfortably enough in the end. But if they had had a particular quarterback in place, he just wasn't up for that particular game. But I think the learnings from the two years now may bring him on. I think he's under less pressure. <coughs> the Browns are building in the right direction. And I think um, I think he'll do well. I think he's got a good, good, ch- good chance there. It still baffles me that the body of work that he was given his contract was based off eight games. Like, it's just, you, you can't get over that fact. And again, they nearly did it again this year for... Um, your Patriots quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo thank you so again a body of work of four games and again talks of getting these high end contracts so it was just one where you kind of said yeah you got eight games but they seemed Den- to they Denver se- were convinced by the eight games because yeah. they did offer him a very good well they did offer him but they didn't go too far I mean Elway but, drew but the I, line at the right but I, th- point, I, th- I think Denver realised he had a great overview of a team backing him up and next thing suddenly the Texans were like yeah we'll just take him anyway it doesn't matter who we have on offense, you know? So it is also interesting is going to the Browns because, well, I mean, Hugh Jackson there. I mean, what type of impact and influence can he have in relation to his development as a quarterback? I think I think it will benefit him. Um, I think Brock Osweiler has had a chance now to embed into the Browns scenario. I think also the fact is you're not going to, like, pressure in the Browns to be an unbelievable quarterback is pretty much gone because that list has gotten so long every year. People don't expect you to do much. So I think that's going to be brilliant for Brock Osweiler. I think if Hugh Jackson goes with him, now there are talks that he may not, but I think he would be silly not to, that they've spent the money. Mm. This is still another rebuilding year for the Browns. I think he'll start. Now, What's the, the alternative? They've got, they, so they brought in Kirk, their quarterback. Cody Kessler's there. And, and they brought um, in Kaiser, the... From Notre Dame. Yes. The, the, yeah. the, the QB who people... Deshaun Kaiser, who people are very split on. Yeah, people are kind of saying maybe they should give him a chance, but I think, look, 
you've spent the money you can't, they've tried to offload him it's been muted they've tried to get rid of him but they just couldn't You're, he's on your books you might as well use him and see if you act, if that eight games mm. of work was can real develop into something else yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the last one I'm going to mention um, we could talk about Derek Carr but I think that's been done to death I know in our last podcast we, we recorded it just before his deal became announced and then it came out the, the guys got paid and from a, a lowly second round pick really with less security he's got a great deal albeit it doesn't revolutionize the quarterback market. But the last one I want to touch on is actually a different Raider who got paid this offseason, which was Gabe Jackson. So a lot more low-key. This is a key part of their offensive line, a great guard. And his contract and his deal for me was very much indicative of the offensive line generally in free agency. The O-line got paid. Um, whether it's Whitworth at the Rams, whether it's Jackson and the Raiders, there was a great overpayment on tackles and guards generally. And I just think it's a, an interesting sign in how much teams are revaluing and upping the value on these positions. Well, McKenzie has decided, sorry, Derek Carr has decided not to hold the Raiders to ransom. Um, no matter how you look at this contract, he has undervalued himself compared to other quarterbacks out there. But he, and maybe it's the kind of, he's looking for that, uh, the fans' reaction to love him a bit more, but He's basically said, I've left the money on the table so Mackenzie can mm-hmm. get me my weapons. First one, Gabe Jackson. He, brilliant for Derek Carr. He must be loving life at the moment, realising he has him now for the next four years. The other big one then is, well, that leaves money left over Khalil Mack. Which is a huge deal. Massive to be one. Yeah. And Amari Cooper. So if he manages to nail down those four players for when they get to Vegas, the Oakland Raiders are, they're going to be laughing all the way to Vegas. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders would have won a, a bit of a bet there. Um, the, the, I mean, as I say, I think it's just a good sign of the O-line being focused on. Um, it's a point I, I saw, I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody made a very good observation recently that actually the offensive line has become more of a gamble because there's so much of a spread offense in the college game that left tackles who used to be the sure thing are no longer a certain given. So Greg Robinson obviously being a bit bust in recent times Whereas you go back 10 years and you talk about um, uh, Jake Long being picked by the Dolphins over Matt Ryan and people saying, oh, that's a good solid pick. You've got to get your left tackle of the future and that's that's the case. Now the attention's turning back to the offensive line, but it's the people who have proved it get their money. And we can see that we're going to turn to the draft in due course and there were lots of money and picks on skilled players, but not as many on the, the hogs. But you see on the offensive line, like within free agency, there was three other ones in particular, uh, Whitford went to the Rams from the Bengals. He was well paid. Um, the Lions yep. have really uh, looked at um, protecting Matthew Stafford. They brought in Ricky Wagner from the Ravens. He's a tackle. They've also brought in TJ Lang from the Packers within the division. He's a guard. So look, they're looking at you know making yep. sure that uh, not Stafford's not protected. trusting the draft as much. I think. Yeah. yeah. So very quickly, guys, before we move on to the draft, give me your worst free agency pickup. Well, you know, who do you think blew it? So Gordo. <sighs> For me, it's the LA Rams and it's the getting rid of Kenny Britt and bringing in Robert Woods from the Bills. For me, it just makes no sense. Uh, and, and again, I've just I've done a bit of research on it just to kind of get a better understanding of why, because it's pretty much like for like is what they've done. They've gotten rid of one wide receiver, brought in another. A four million is the only difference in the contract, but in terms of productivity over the last three years, Kenny Britt has been ahead of Robert Woods. Now, Robert Woods is younger. But you would think, running an offense, that you would want to keep the man 
that has been playing with your QB, your new QB the last two years, rather than bring in somebody that hasn't, and who's been playing it with the Bills who haven't been that great, it, I just don't understand it, is the real thing for me. It just doesn't make sense. The, the only justification I can give is Jared Goff obviously came in reasonably, you know, a few, few games last season, is his deep ball didn't look that good. Uh, to be honest, in the limited sample we saw, and uh, Woods is more a possession receiver. That's that's all I can think of. A bit more of a possession receiver, big body. Maybe that's justification. But it is a bit head-scratching when you consider, as you say, the money they're paying Robert Woods. It's very high. Yeah, and, and, but like possession receiver and all that, but his stats, like the yards he's making, is very low. He hasn't had a 1,000-yard season. Um, barely breaking 500 yards a year. So, yeah, I just... Ladies and gentlemen, your Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I read one report where he said he's a very good blocking wide receiver. That's Whatever that means. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what the LA Rams need. They don't need to make yards. They just need to get your wide receiver to block. Yeah, yeah. Todd Gurley. Yeah. Brian, what about you? Who's your worst of the year? Um, not one particular player, but maybe look at the Chicago Bears. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Pace, the general manager, he's brought in... He's overpaid on quite a few players. I'm not even going to get into the quarterback conversation because that's probably going to come in our free agency section but uh, he's brought in players second rate players in my opinion Marcus Wheaton from the Steelers wide receiver he didn't play for something in the region I think he missed 11 of the 16 games last season but yet they've given him a contract which is on par with the contract that the Giants have given Brandon Marshall which is 6 million dollars a year so I mean you know how would you justify that particular there's no production to even yeah. base it on and yeah. then they've also overpaid um, Dion Sims the tight end they brought him in from the Dolphins again uh, his production has been fairly low over the past few years. They've given him $18 million over three years. Then there's the quarterback situation, which... Well, I mean, I I, I was just going to sort of say to that, I mean, my worst of the year has to be Mike, the Mike Glennon uh, deal. Um, the Bill Bears, I fully agree, band of misfits type of thing. But Mike Glennon, at the time, I could see a bit of logic. You know, bit of an overpay. He showed some good signs might work and you have to chance it and now you look at it with the rearview mirror of the Trubitsky pickup in the draft and say what the hell were they thinking 45 million to Mike Lennon over three years you give away the house for Trubitsky it's it's bizarre like the last season Mike Lennon actually played more than 10 games what 2013 that's how long ago it is yeah since like he hasn't played now if I'm Mike Lennon I'm oh, you're, you're I'm, taking I'm, the money and run it. I'm a loving yeah. life. I'm 18 and a half million richer guaranteed and realistically, I'm going to play half a season and then I'm gone again. You're the new Charlie Whitehurst, <laughs> is all I say. Yeah, you're, you're just making, you're making money, but it just, it's just poor front, uh, uh, front, front office. office management. It there just was a, doesn't there was make sense. There's a story after the draft where John Fox wasn't even aware that they were planning to, to move up. That Ryan Pace kept it. You know, he kept it such a secret all day long. But his head coach didn't know. His head coach didn't know, and his response to that was, I didn't want other teams to know where where our strategy was. Do you know what? But surely your... Your head coach needs to have a clue on the strategy. He's in the war room, and he should know what's going on. The only comparison I could bring this to was, you remember a few years ago when the Seahawks paid big bucks to Matt Flynn based on one game as uh, Aaron Rodgers' backup? He threw 522 yards, I think, against the Lions or something ridiculous. It was a great... Uh, a great game um, I remember that game great game actually yeah yeah because Stafford was on fire as well and they both threw for about a thousand yards but they paid him based on one game big in free agency and then in the third round they picked up a, a quarterback who'd slipped in the draft that was a little bit undersized named Russell Wilson but, but and they, it but worked it worked but in fairness on that one 
they never honestly believe Wilson would drop. Uh, that's that, that's true. And in we're that not one, talking uh, about Bears moving and waiting three or four yeah. rounds, and then but all of a sudden there's a. I, I was trying to be kind to them to find some justification, but at the same token, they only gave up a third round, not what but they've given up for. Back Jurisky. to the point is in they took Mike Lennon to be their starting quarterback, who they paid handsomely, and you're kind of thinking, use your draft now, get him, get him the weapons he needs, yeah. and they'd have a good team. But the fact is they brought him in and they think they suddenly gave up a third round a third overall, a third round, a fourth round, and a two thousand and eighteen third round. Like you're just listing that and you're kinda of going, You've now screwed yourself for two years. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It is uh, And people are saying the best he'll be is a Ryan Tannehill or Blake Bortles. <sighs> But Blake Bortles, who for me, uh, we're talking about bets of the week, is 100 to 1 to be NFL MVP, <laughs> uh, which is the same odds. <laughs> and I know we retweeted this during the week, but it's the same odds as Gronk, as Khalil Mack, and as uh, Beckham. Yeah. Uh, bananas. Anyway, um, talking about Trubitsky, and we're not going to dwell on him too much more, but it does turn us and pivot us nicely to talking about the draft, the other major aspect of uh, the offseason, I suppose. And Again, Gordo, you know, take us through. Who who do you think were great pickups in the draft? Well, for me, the first one is uh, wide receiver. Uh, and I'm very offensive heavy, and I apologize we, we in advance. We know you're offensive, yeah, I, yeah. I, I apologize in advance, but that's why you're here. So it's all right. Uh, John Ross um, to the Bengals. I just think it's a great pickup. Uh, he has the fastest 40-yard dash now in the history of the NFL Combine. 4.22 seconds, replacing... Chris Johnson. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, and he's joining a Bengals team with, again, similar to what we discussed earlier on with Tampa Bay, where you've got AJ Green, who's going to be double teamed, and he's the first out-and-out speedster the Bengals have had in quite a few years. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see, I suppose Andy Dalton's at this phase where people kind of rate Andy Dalton in that, are you better than Andy Dalton or blow him in terms of getting to the playoff? <laughs> Will this be the one that'll help the Bengals? And I think it's a great pickup. Now, obviously we've no idea how these guys are going to adapt and he does have some injury scares apparently a bit of a shoulder issue etc but in terms of his outlook of his game tape from college football and what he did at the combine he just brings an added a new dimension to the Bengals offense that I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. so well, that, was, that was my first one okay well I mean when it comes to the Bengals we said it last week and I'll keep saying it we don't know if Andy Dalton's the reason or the the answer we certainly know Marvin Lewis isn't the answer a head coach so you'll have to get past that problem uh, um, so yeah who else do you have um my second one is uh, it's one you and i both agree on which is uh fournette agreed uh, yeah straight away to do uh to the jaguars um and it's an interesting one because he, I, I believe he had the chance to come out in last year's draft decided to hold off i uh, felt it was probably made more sense to wait another year and he is your stereotypical downhill running back um he's got the pace now the issue is people are kind of saying, yes, they're comparing him to Elliot in terms of how his productivity will be, but people also need to realize he's joined the Jags. Yeah, he's not so, joining the Cowboys O-line there yet. No, he, so he, he will struggle a little bit more, but uh, if he stays injury-free um, and takes one or two years of getting used to the NFL, he could be an all-star uh, NFL running back he, in the future. He's exciting, and I think, again, these guys don't help the long-term position for the running back position, though, because you see... Jamal Charles being picked up on a really low cost value. AP playing for very little in, with yeah, the Saints same, this year, yeah. comparatively. And they look now at the draft and they see these exciting rookies and these cheap free agents. And well, I know, I know, plug Bri and play. Brian, Brian hates the idea of a running back going in the first round. He, you, you don't agree with it at all, do you? No, I just think it's it's a very risky game. You see him 
running backs over the years that just haven't produced. But one in particular that hasn't been done as yet is Freeman from the Falcons. They're working on his contract. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets coming up. That as his second contract, yeah. As second contract, reevaluate the value of a contract for a running back going forward. And actually, if I remember correctly, they have Freeman and Coleman both coming up next year. So they'll well, the probably Freeman keep one. one the Freeman one is going to be done this summer. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. For, yeah. hopefully for them. Um, and my third and final pick for the draft is uh, a QB who uh, I just love this pick. I think it's it's showing what NFL teams should be doing, and that's Patrick Mahomes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a great pick. I, I, Brian, Brian is sitting here shaking his head and almost crying at this pick. I I, I think it's a front office planning ahead. But how far ahead? But is in I, I think you're looking at two or three years before he comes into that team. And and but aren't they in the perfect position? They got Alex Smith to sit there and who again is your above average quarterback that will get you to the playoffs. We, I think I said this last week. As long as you're getting to the playoffs, people don't care. It's like Matthew Stafford. You'll get to the playoffs as long as you're making the playoffs every year. People aren't going to complain. But if in two years' time Mahomes nails down the mechanics, which is his major issue, apparently he struggles to stay in the pocket. Nails down that. They sound really positive things to trade up to the no, but, 10th no, pick to but, take. But the issue is generally they trade up and next thing they try and plug and play him in first season. If he gets to sit solidly for a year, if not two, I think he's brilliant. Now, they did give up a lot. They gave up uh, to move from the 27th to the 10th position. They gave up a first round, third round, and a 2018 first round. So they did give up a lot. So... Yeah, so, I mean, they did give up a lot. They are doing it against the background that Smith's contract's up in a couple of years, I suppose. But even still, a couple of years, it's going to be a very quarterback-heavy draft probably next year with lots of good guys. To me, it was too much. It's too much too soon. I, I, I don't know he's the finished product. And here, um, here, 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 I'm, but, not, I'm not sold. Well, here's an interesting one. The first QB drafted by the Chiefs in the first round since 1983. And so. how many playoff appearances, AFC Championships, Super Bowls have the Chiefs have done that, in that series? That of time? I, I'll just do a big fat zero for you. It's, it's you that general management Saxon, so that maybe yeah. it's, it's my it's my it's my favorite move because I, I I've seen him during the, like I love watching the build up to the combine. I don't watch enough college tape, but I've watched his highlights and I think he's very good. He has an arm. He's been compared to Brett Favre as a gunslinger. I think he, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to be his tour team now. The Chiefs are going to be the third <laughs> team in the list. I mean, I, I look. I'll give you the first one. I don't mind a running back being drafted in the first round. Walter Payton, Barry Saunders, LT. You lose those talents. Uh, Tomlinson, not Taylor, for the Giants fan here. Uh, you lose those talents if you don't draft them in the first round. A quarterback being drafted in the first round to sit as a backup. Aaron Rodgers. And that's about it, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not. And, and how do which we is a but, great but, ceiling, but look how many have failed. But, but people didn't think Aaron Rodgers was the, the sure thing. So like, come back to me in two years. That's all I say. Come back in two years, and we could be saying the Chiefs made the move of the century. That's all I'm saying. If we're doing this podcast in two years. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what about you? Give us a few from I'll the draft. I'll give you a quarterback who will be playing before the end of the next season. This season coming. And he could be playing in September. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Who was picked up by the Texans? So he's come from Clemson. They've won, the, they've won the championship. He's already experienced playing in probably the, the biggest game outside of the NFL. To beat Alabama, which is no mean feat in the final. And they were down by 10 points. They came back and they won 25-31. They were down twice by 10 points, I think, if yeah, I remember right. The game, it was a yeah. hell of a game, yeah. Yeah, and in the tour quarter. He's come back from a serious knee injury. He's still electric. He's uh, true for 41 touchdowns last year, nine of which, he, and then nine he ran in. So I think um, from a Texans perspective, they've looked at it. They've got an above-average offensive line. They've got a very good run game. They've got a standout defense. 
And if you look back to the game, I know we touched on it earlier, they went into the Foxborough, they could have won that game. And I think they've just got sick and tired of these one-year experiments on quarterback. They have Tom Savage at the moment, who's due to start, but I honestly don't believe he'll be quarterback for Tom too long. Tom Savage is a backup. Yeah. I, I'm just going to come in here now, you absolutely slated me on my pick. The comparison for Deshaun Watson is Tyroid Taylor. I'm just sorry. Like, and that's, funny enough that's, you say that, that because just, I mean, if you looked at a number of mock drafts, that's where they all expect them to end up. They all yeah. expect him to end about 10. He dropped to 13. Texans moved up to get him at 13. I just think it's a good fit. And when you've gone from a situation last year, as we touched on it with Brock Osweiler, where he's gone in there, they paid him a lot of money, they've, they've managed to get him off uh, in terms of off the, the listing of quarterbacks, and they brought this quarterback in. I think inevitably he will start off, you know, obviously on the sideline, but I think by week five, week six, it's, he'll it, be introduced. It's, it's the last chance saloon for the head coach of the Houston Texans. I was just about to say the But same he was thing. at Penn State if a couple of years ago and he had a quarterback that played in a very similar type Yeah, uh, but, but a college-style offense, not pro-style offense. Mm. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I totally agree. He works or Bill O'Brien loses his job this off-season. It has to. And do you think it'll work? Uh, I sorry, think... No, 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 it's fair enough. I, I think it could work for a while. But yeah. I think... I, my big concern with Watson is all I'm hearing flash in the back of my head is Tebow... Tebow, Tebow. It could work for a while. He's a better passer, don't get me wrong. 76% but I think completion rate in the But he's a college player. You look at how yeah. many of those were on design rollouts or design play actions and stuff like that. It was low percentage I, stuff. I, he's got a ceiling, don't get me wrong, and it's a reasonably high ceiling, but I'm not, I'm not sold. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting. It'd be, I, I, again, I'll, I'll hold out, but any quarterback that has come as a run-first quarterback hasn't done well lately. And yeah. Tyroy Taylor, enough said. Okay, we we'll move on to the next one. So we're never going to agree on this one. <laughs> okay, so my next one then is Corey Davis, wide receiver, selected within the same division. Yeah, by the Titans. So the Titans really, have, I mean, Mariota, Mario, Mariota. Sorry, Mariota has progressed. He's coming on. But if you look at their wide receivers, they have Rashid Matthews, Eric Decker's come in there during the offseason. Harry Douglas. No, none of which are what you'd call maybe the complete receiver. This this guy is six foot three. He's uh, come from the Mid-American Conference. He's the first wide receiver to be selected in the first round since Randy Moss come from the Mid-American Conference. So he stands out, six foot three. He just looks like an absolute beast of a wide receiver. So f- for that reason, in a you like him, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the Titans. I know Gordo referred to uh, the Bucks uh, arming up around Winston. The Titans. They've picked up Davis. They also picked up Taylor, another wide receiver later in the draft. They also picked up a good tight end in Smith. I think in the second round, if I remember correctly, but yeah. they're trying to give these young quarterbacks some proper big play weapons. Yeah. Both teams only just missed the playoffs last year as well. So, you know, this is really It's a very competitive game. division because we touched yeah. on the Jags earlier that have made some wholesale changes on defense. Yeah. It's going to be a very competitive I, I think defense. that's the first and last time I'll hear the AFC South as Discuss a competitive no, I, as a competitive division. I think it's, well, I, I, it's a poor you, you division that one or two good okay. teams could come from. I think it's a great pick. I think um, he's an all-rounder. I think it just as a wide receiver, he's going to be competitive for the Tennessee Titans. Golden, Brian, agreeing? This is, this is new. Okay. It, it happens okay. every now and again. All right, more about your last one, The Brian. last one is um, an inside linebacker from Alabama by the name of Ruben Foster. The 49ers picked him. So, funny enough, the 49ers had got that pick from the Bears and they dropped down to number three and they, they obviously moved elsewhere with that particular pick. They brought in Solomon Thomas. But to get this particular guy at, at pick 31 in the first round, um, he was expected to go around seven or nine. He's a two-year starter in college. He's a mon- he's some, I've read some reports saying he's the most explosive defender to come out of the draft um, next to 
Jared Allen, um, just a, for him to be still sitting at 31, and obviously the draft has gone a particular way this year, but for him to be at 31 when he was expected in all the mock drafts to go at 7 yeah. and 9, I just think the 49ers have done a great job there. So, so I, I actually remember reading that Lynch and um, the guy that assists him in the 49ers front office there in terms of their cap management, etc., they had him ranked number two. They had Solomon Thomas number one. Solomon, um, why, did, why did he fall again? Was there was there was there a background reason? It wasn't anything particular to him. It was more around the strategy of what teams were doing. Some that teams were trading yes. up and then yeah, 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 quarterbacks yeah. were going at different stages of the draft, and then yeah. you know, and it just a knock on. But I mean, they they quarterback need and everything. They had yeah. Solomon Thomas number one, Reuben Foster number two, and that's why they traded back up to thirty one. I I agree. I think he's he's good. He's a good opportunity there, and it's a good rebuilding step for the 49ers. Yeah. But he's still going to play on a bad team next year, and it will be a couple of years, I think, before yeah. they come back to relevance. And I think that's good for him, though. I think it's yeah. uh, it means he can learn his trade. And slowly, and I think if the 49ers go the route that we discussed last time, in that they're looking at this as a five year project with John Lynch um, and everyone that they have in the front office, I think it'll benefit players like Ruben Foster who can make a name for himself yeah. and become and their new head coach, obviously, yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, with Carl Shanahan, um, I'm just going to throw out a couple of th- points very quickly as well. I loved McCaffrey's pickup by the Panthers when you talk about them picking up McCaffrey and Samuel. You're giving Cam Newton there, who had an all-time low completion percentage, two good options in the short passing game. So I, I like that as a move. I think I, I think the McCaffrey one has gone down extremely well with the Panthers. Um, Greg Olson recently came out and just said, he's just a pro already. Um, he's in doing his extras. He's methodical with his warm-ups. Uh, and then he's asking Olson questions about, you know, blocking assignments and yeah. not overly concerned with his running routes and his catching yet wanting to be the best team player and he just you know he's got this very clean cut look about him but if he is as good as the tape shows and his personality is shining at the moment like he could be just a future future yeah. pro bowler for the Panthers. well i mean his dad remember ed mccaffrey ex-professional footballer he's had that instilled in him from a young age so i think that that's a good sign for him and the panthers hopefully they will help cam because cam well, has taken on most of the run game well this is it's it hopefully they get a bit of a bounce back after yeah. such a terrible season yeah. last year um oj howard went to the bucks again i know we've touched on this this idea of loading up some weapons around winston i thought it was a great pick towards the latter half of the first round i think he went at 20 or 21 um, really, really nice pickup. Really solid, good. Uh, I, I think tight the, end. Um, from reading certain reports, I think the books were going a particular way. But when he was still on the board, it was one, it became a case of best player available because Cameron Bright last year was a very good tight end. Kind of, you know, not many people have heard of him that going into last season. He's really well. Well, look, OJ, OJ Howard, blocking, receiving. For yeah. me, complete tight end. We'll see how he adapts, but I think he's a great pick. Well, it's the one position they needed to, to fill. They have their wide receivers, they have their running back, and they have their QB. You know, I think it's uh, an offense that's ready to strike. It'll be interesting to see if he can. And tight end is one of those positions as well. Rookies generally do quite well. Any of these high-graded well, in the right In the right, offense, in the right so environment, I mean, yeah. Gronkowski and someone who isn't not, ever not, allowed I'm to not, be I'm named didn't do too bad yeah. in I'm not, not claiming it's an easy position to play or anything. I'm just saying it just seems tight ends, if you get a good high college um, tight end, they'll yeah. come in and they'll do Go- something. Golden's natural away. position for listeners is slot receiver. That's oh. that's that's why. I have the body of one, yeah. yeah exactly. It's, it's just the way it is. Of, of several. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the last one I'm going to throw out is actually another tight end. Again, just from a team perspective, I thought this was a great pickup, which was uh, Jake Butt, uh, which uh, was uh, a really underrated tight end, I think, coming out of Michigan, suffered a bad knee injury, and the Broncos picked him up in the fourth round, and they're going to stash him. 
That's basically it. So he probably won't play this year, but he'll be good in years to come. When you're gambling with a fourth round pick, someone with that high upside, I just thought was a really nice pickup. And I was looking at it very enviously because I was hoping the Pats would do it. But there you go. The Broncos, I think, got a, a, made a good play with it. I think I, I think overall, I think the the draft this year was ex, you know excellent. I think it's interesting, and I think we need to point out we actually haven't even touched on it. None of us. It didn't even come from prior conversation about the number one pick of the draft. Uh, I think everyone just seems to think it's a dead cert, Miles Garrett. I think people. The one thing I will say about it is, I'm just delighted to finally see the Browns make a selection that made sense and didn't do <laughs> and just didn't do something stupid. But uh, yeah, no, it's just. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, you're right. We, we don't dwell on it because it was almost so obvious. I mean, one was obvious, two was bonkers, three from the 49ers yeah. was pretty solid. And the, the other kind of obvious pick after it's made when you looked at it was Steelers uh, going with TJ Watt, who just, for me, it's just you're kind of looking at kind of going, you've gone with your stereotypical hard grafter to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it's it looks like it's going to be a great matchup. Um, People will shake their heads at me on this. I don't. I hate it. Do you? I absolutely well, look, hate it. I think we'll, it's, this is the difference between Rob Gronkowski and Glenn, Gron- Glenn Gronkowski. He's got the famous surname. I don't see it happening. Look, because I know we're going to have another uh, a couple of team-specific episodes in future. I'll, I'll convince well, you. you. I'll convince yeah. you at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brian, any draft pick that you didn't like or anything you really hated coming out of the draft? Yeah, in the second round, uh, the Bengals selecting uh, Joe Mixon running back. So a lot of stuff relating to him when he was off the field. Well, I mean, just explain a bit about that. Isn't it? Well, there's video evidence of him. Uh, punching a particular lady I think it might have been his girlfriend at the time and there's a lot of people t- felt he would have went fairly early in the round one in the first round we were talking about running backs earlier two running backs going in the top ten there was talk of him going in the top ten but obviously he dropped down when all this video when this evidence came out and I was surprised at the Bengals I've seen a lot of general managers saying no way we're going to pick him not so much because he's not a very good player he just felt we can't live with the you know the aftermath of what's going to come with this during the season and I was surprised for the Bengals to go down this route and actually select him yeah. so but I mean, it's a typical Bengal player in some respects. It's just, it just, perfect, it just, and yeah, um, but it just shows where the Bengals act. You just don't know what to do They'll have a striking anymore. relationship there, the two of them. Um, it's just, yeah. I, I, I think the front office. I think Marvin Lewis is just pretty much given up. Yeah, he just doesn't you know, care anymore. It just doesn't. It just just no leadership there whatsoever. Oh, yeah. to go. I have this. a friend that never calls the Bengals the Bengals, but always refers to them correctly, probably as the Bungles. Um, so that might be their new nickname for the season yeah. here on this podcast. Uh, and then they go 15-1, prove us wrong. But we'll see. We'll see. So, um, guys, I mean, other than uh, other than that, I suppose, is there any particular recommended reading or listening that you'd like to point out to people to maybe check out, be of interest? One that I've been um, Sports Illustrated, again, it's the off-season. It's a little bit quiet. So what they're doing is they're bringing up articles from the past. So one they brought up was from, and again, before my time, because I am a youth and you know younger than the two boys here, was from 1977. And it's based on the Oakland quarterback, Kenny Stabler. And it is well worth the read. It's called Getting Nowhere Fast. And the journalist has joined him for the off-season. And by God, being a pro back then sounded like the life. Uh, drinking beer, you know, driving boats, playing pool, uh, and just chilling. That's all he did on his off-season. And it's, it's a great insight to where the game was. And now to, it's avocado ice cream. Uh, now avocado ice cream and all these different cleanse diets. Literally... Uh, I'm amazed, like, the amount of beer he drank in the the day that he spent with Kenny Stabler was, you know, baffling. But it's a great insight to how the game used to be 
Sounds um, like a good break. And redefining it. So it's getting nowhere. Sports Illustrated. Good stuff, yeah. Brian? Yeah, don't worry. I won't have anybody reminiscing. So uh, I looked at profootballfocus.com and there's an Irish NFL analyst working from by the name of Simon Monson and he has very good information around the top player within each team going forward for this season and the young, the young player, what he believes to be the young player of the year. But it's interesting when you read that because <coughs> everybody has their own opinions but when you see the players he's picking are very different. They're going to off the cuff players that he sees coming through the season which aren't standout players are in each team. So it's an, it's an interesting enough article. Good stuff. And, and look, mine's... Um you're right, Gordon, it's the off-season. There's little quality out there at the moment. When training camp starts up, it might be a bit more interesting. But it's from a few weeks ago. It was actually a story about an ex-Chiefs uh, and Patriots O-lineman called Brian O'Callaghan who came out and was had the plan, however, of coming out as... No, he had the plan of playing in the NFL, then killing himself because he yeah. actually couldn't live with it. It's a really interesting read. I think it was on outsports.com. It's been retweeted and mentioned in SI and ESPN and all the outlets. But for me, it was really interesting when you think and read about how sheltered and how young he was and how he just didn't have the skills to deal with this. And sometimes maybe for the next season when we're looking at the screen and shouting at these 23, 24-year-old lads who don't know their ass from their elbow at the moment, um, it's worth remembering, well, They've only lived football and they, they don't even know themselves just yet. So, yeah. you know, so a bit of a serious story ending point. But, you know, Ryan O'Callaghan's stories on outsports.com and SI and other locations as well. Worth checking it out. Um, with that being said, um, you know, during the season, we're going to do a better of the week. Uh, at the moment, it's a bit early. We'll leave them for the season review. But I do want to point out to listeners that at the moment, the Chicago Bears are 60-1 to 1 to win the NFC Championship. Uh, and for any of you that are listening that don't understand betting, that means if you bet 100 euros, you're going to lose 100 euros on that particular bet. Um, and on that note, that's it. We'll call our final play of the week. This has been our free agency and draft review. And the next few weeks, we'll go through season previews for each individual team, building up to our week one preview. Other than that, this has been the Irish NFL podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Irish NFL pod, and we'll talk more football soon. But for now, it's bye from Brian. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye from Gordon. Thank you very much. And bye from Mark. Goodbye.